Tarkin, I am honored by your visit. Grand Moff Tarkin delicately curated long-form discussion of the internationally beloved Mandalorian brought to you uh, for the last time for probably like a year by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your hosts Riley, Jake, Bivouac, and Jasmine. Um, hi. <laughs> uh, so we are talking about The Mandalorian which is a good show. Uh, we have some one of the best things about it is how good it sounds it sounds great and here's what's happening today riley it sounds wonderful it sounds great on my end it's going to sound great for you guys and to us it is making our ears bleed but for some reason it sounds really bad to jake and jasmine today and i don't know why yet we're going with it um hello how's everyone doing? i imagine it sounds beautiful i mean that's a beautiful song that's Truly a good point. I'm going to imagine beautiful how beautiful it's going to sound instead of yeah. dwelling on how much I hate how it sounds right now. Listen, all you guys have to do is just listen back Sunday afternoon after this episode oh. drops, and then it'll be great. Nothing I love more on a Sunday afternoon than kicking back and listening to a little bit of me. <laughs> <laughs> he says in a joking tone entirely seriously. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Uh, how are you guys doing? I'm doing great. I'm tired. Tired? I am really tired. No, I'm not tired. I got a nice night's sleep. Everything's going great. Uh, I just had, there was a lot going on for me this week, and I did not get a lot of sleep. Mm, That happens sometimes. If you can believe it which I'm sure you can because no one is taking this pandemic seriously. Today was busier than Black Friday at oh, Target. Oh, boy. Everyone's That's actually last-minute shopping. Un- yeah. Acceptable. It really is. Oh, it my is. gosh. Yeah. Um, That's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. However, spe- you know what? While we're on unfortunate things, we, we should acknowledge something that happened. Yeah, Jeremy Bullock passed away, and it was like the day... Not just the day before, but like hours before this episode dropped, which yes. featured crazy Boba Fett action. So it did. Um, it's sad. It's sad. Mm. Speaking of Boba Fett, yes. we're talking about an episode in which he barely makes an appearance, but that's okay because <laughs> well, there's a lot of other things going on in this episode. It's true. He did not dominate the episode like I kind of worried he was going to do. I worried that once he was introduced, he was gonna. It's become the Boba Fett show. Little did yeah. we know. No, That's he coming took next year. <laughs> hey, spoilers. He, uh, yeah, he, no, by the way, yeah, spoilers for the Mandalorian. For a book coming out. Yes. And for a book that is actually a TV show. Um, mm. But yeah, he was in the very first part of the episode, and then he was gone. But that's okay, because there was a lot of people doing a lot of cool things in this episode. And we didn't yes. really need Boba Fett for now. Uh, yeah, you know what? There's tension in the room, I think, there? because there's bad discourse online. 
Oh, but I, I don't. Yeah. Probably. If I've been reading the room, mm-hmm. I think we all really like this episode. We all really oh, liked yeah. this episode. I loved it. Okay, good. I we just rewatched it, and uh, zero complaints. It rules. I've seen it like two and a half times now. Uh, perfect amount of times. The perfect amount of times. It gets me. It still gets me every time. What um, about every halftime? That halftime did get me because the it was the the latter half of the episode that I watched, so it Ooh. did get me. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I watched it and then I watched it again last night, and then today I watched the latter half. Well, you missed a lot fun. of crazy words if you just watched the latter half, which I have written down. <laughs> there are a lot of crazy words in the beginning of this. That is somebody true. was like, "Hey, they should use." More Star Wars jargon and more military jargon, and they just machine gunned it out there. They're really trying to get Dank Ferret to be like a thing. I wrote down Dank Ferret. We we watched the last two actually, so we we watched the Believer as well. And Mud Scuffer shows up in both of those. Mud Scuffer. I'm into Mud Scuffer. Dank Ferret like just Mud feels Scuffer. like a little a little too forced. I just think it's because dank is like it's already a word and it's, it's already associated a word. with memes. Yeah. And my basement. Right? I don't memes have a basement. In your basement. I don't want to lie weed. to the listeners. I don't have a basement. <laughs> Thank you for not lying. You better believe um, it'd be dank and freaky if I did. I don't even know how to talk about this episode. Yeah. I, I you know what I was thinking is with words and chronologically. In the order in which events occurred. Okay, so this episode starts with uh, a recap of the previous week. <laughs> and immediately <laughs> the viewer goes, skip recap. And then you're like, oh, wait, it doesn't include the part where they do this like long, protracted Lucasfilm and then Star Wars opening. Yes. So you're like, oh. Thankfully, that thing's only like 15 seconds long. It's not super long. But you, you um, rewatch these shows all the time eventually. It's true. Forget all the time you're wasting watching Star Wars. It's really that little bit that you're <laughs> going to regret. Yeah, that's the part that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, uh, but then it starts with a chase. It starts with a space chase. Slave space chase. One is now chasing the Dr. Parnassus or whatever his name is. Persimmon. Dr. Parnassus. What's his name? Persimmon. It is Dr. Parnassus. Yeah. I think it's Mr. Megorium. <laughs> what is his real name, though? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They say uh, it. In Clone Doc McSunglasses. Yeah, that's. His I think name. it's Clone Doc. I actually have the recap pulled up here <laughs> so that this wouldn't happen, and then I forgot instantly. <gasps> Doctor Pershing. Pershing. I was close. Oh, yes. I got the yeah. P right. That's much more normal. <laughs> it is. I think it's Doctor Sunglasses. Um. And here's the breakdown because this is important. Species: human, gender, mm. male. Mm-hmm. Hair color, dark. Eye color, dark. Oh, dark, okay. <laughs> My favorite color, dark. <laughs> Everyone's favorite what color. What color was his hair? Dark? We're on it. We're on the case. We found uh, him. <laughs> we found him in our database. I mean, it didn't... Oh, wait, I missed one part. It's sunglasses, cool. Dark. Oh, okay. Oh, you know what, though? Not dark that dark. Too. You can see his eyes. That's true. Uh, this okay. Luke Skywalker is in this, right? Okay. Like, I mean, Elephant. just 
How are we supposed to talk about this episode and, without that? I feel like there's, really, start at the end. there's not much to talk about until the last 15 minutes. You're right. Like I've minutes. got some little things, but we got to talk about things, it. Well, this is the but... thing. And I, this is a good way to get into the controversy because this is a really fun episode. And I, I think my mixed feelings were all like, wow, nothing happens until Luke shows up. And then it's just the characters watching Luke Skywalker. But this actually does complete character arcs. There's a lot of great action. There's a lot of good, like, personal stakes with all of our heroes. And even when Luke Skywalker is slashing around, there's, like, stuff happening with Moff Gideon, who, like, tries to shoot Baby Yoda, and, you know, Mando dives in front of him. So, like, but I think it, it tricks you into thinking that that's the only thing that happened. Yeah. If that makes sense. But, but there but there is a lot before that. A lot of... It's a very action-heavy episode. I mean... There's five minutes of heist planning after they get Doctor Pershing, and yeah. then it's just can I talk all about action? Can I talk? I just have like two things to say about this like intro, which is mm-hmm. first of all, Boba Fett says the craziest insult in Star Wars history, which is he says to oh it, it's Bo Katan's like sidekick, mm-hmm. who who is it? Um, Her name's like Casca or something like that. Yeah, I think it's um, it's you're right. It's Casca Reeves. Normal last name. Normal last name. Pershing Reeves. So, We're just getting yes, regular names in there. And Christina are married, so we both said Costco at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Costco Reeves, and they're her and Bo-Katan and Boba start getting in a fight because they're like, hey, this guy. It's not a real Mandalorian. <laughs> She's Keanu's niece. Did you know that? I did not know that. I did not. That's because I just made it up. Ah. Oh. That's a weird and thing to make up. And it's not real. He just got cyberpunk well, on the brain. This is one of those things where now the rest of the podcast, we have an unreliable narrator hosting the show. So you're, not, you're never going to know. Is he telling the truth? <laughs> you're never going to know if I'm telling the truth or not. Cyberpunk. Well, the listener will be able to understand what was just played. The <laughs> the thing that Boba says is, well, if it isn't the quack to calling the stifling slimy. Yeah, I love it. What? <laughs> Have we established quackta or no. stiflings? No, I know what slimy, slimy is. is canon. <laughs> and I'm going to guess that they're both slimy. Everything is slimy in Star Wars a little bit. I don't know why I give that a pass when I don't give that pass to Star Wars book writers. It worked um, for some reason. <laughs> but for some reason, that really worked for me. When you have he, Boba Fett saying the, it, it works, you believe him. Yeah. And he they can have say just pots. The thing is, they have pots and kettles in Star Wars. We've seen them before. We know that pots and kettles <laughs> exist. <laughs> yeah, we were trying to figure this out because we were like, okay, they have pots and kettles, but you don't call... Like, they wouldn't both be slimy. So that's a weird jump to make. It's just like, I don't know, they just Star Wars-ified a common... I'm going to check this on on Wikipedia to see if Quackta (laughs) is a thing, just in case. It was introduced in Darth Vader number four. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) No, a lot of things that start with Qua, that's for sure. There's a Quanta sector. But no Quackta. No Quackta. No Quackta. Hashtag no quackta. But yes, 
And then they throw out the word back to like right after that. So you're like, did I hear the first word wrong? Did, did he also say back to? I just really want to stop down on this for a long time. I can tell this is really interesting to you. But the coolest part is that they both shoot fire at each other at the same time. They and do. It's really cool. Yes. They've it's got a like, fun little mini fight. It's good. It's like when. It was a good fun. Good one. Good one is it was like when Iron Man and War Machine shoot their lazies at each other at the same time. The end of Iron Man 2, directed by John That's Favreau. That's true, it is like that. Gotta love those lazies. However, this also has a little bit of it's a little bit of a character moment because Bo Katan and Casca are both like whatever, we're not bounty hunters, we're not interested, we can't find Gideon. And then Boba Fett speaks and they're mm-hmm. like immediately they just like look at him and they're like, they're like we oh, know <laughs> we know your voice. You don't belong in that armor because they hate clones. Uh, and I like that. Sense. He's just like, you know, I'll be the last voice ever here. He's just, he's not like, okay, this is actually a long story. I am the, yeah. like the <laughs> son of the original clone. It doesn't age the same. I don't have the chip in my head. <laughs> this has come up Jedi. for him like 9,000 <laughs> times over his life. He's like, I don't care. Okay. You want to kill me? I don't care. I'll kill you <laughs> <Yeah>. first. <laughs> no, you're right. And I think that is another thing I, I picked up on the second watch is there is actually a, a good amount of like character building through the action. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Luke. I'm sorry. I derailed us. No, it's okay, because I, I do like, I actually like the rest of this episode, and I think it's important um, to quash some of the complaints I've seen about this episode. Yeah, it's important to quack the, the complaints. <laughs> there's, there's a whole <laughs> lot of episode before Luke shows up, um, and I, I wouldn't call, I wouldn't say that anybody gets sidelined because of Luke Skywalker in this episode, which is the, the common complaint that I'm seeing, because... Mando gets two extended fight scenes. We get to see Bo-Katan, Casca, Kara, and Finnick all do a lot of cool things. I mean, if you don't love the action on The Mandalorian, then that's fine. I'm not a huge say, action guy in general. I'm going to say by this point, it's not fine because that's what the show is. <laughs> like every well, week, it true. is almost just action. Th- that's true. There's a lot of action. but it, But to say that, like... This episode is just our heroes watching someone else come in. I don't. Yeah. I think that's no. disingenuous because there's a lot that happens before that moment, and that moment, which I will talk about later when we talk about music, but that moment at the end is literally what this whole show has been building to. And if yeah. you can't devote ten minutes of this show to a Jedi showing up and taking Grogu, then I don't know exactly what you expected this show to do. Yeah. I think we were all, maybe they were all just kind of hoping that no Jedi would show up and Grogu and Din would live happily ever after (laughs) together forever. Yeah. But that just, I don't think that was going to happen. I, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think one of the main things that Star Wars was, was known for, like one of the things that made Lucas's story is really effective was the constantly separating characters and then bringing mm-hmm. them together and that's one it's it's difficult to do that over a like television show like this especially yeah. one in this format where like his whole goal is to deliver this one kids so would be annoying if every week they were separated so like this is our first opportunity to actually separate these characters for like a whole season maybe yeah um and then bring them 
together for a really big moment. Yeah, I mean, I I think we all believed in when he says, I'm going to see you again, I promise. Like, there's no way he's going to just never see that kid again. And there's no way Lucasfilm is never going to have that kid in anything yeah, no. ever again. <laughs> he's going to show up. Yeah, but I think it speaks to how effective this show is because i had people in my family that occasionally text me about star wars stuff like okay hang on i need to clarify something <laughs> like they're like so Don't wait a minute all? but like yeah i know right like <laughs> they're like, but does that mean that like kylo ren's gonna kill baby yoda and like i saw not to call anybody out but jenny nicholson tweeted the same thing just like okay obviously they're not going to have that happen. Like, there's a lot of story yeah. here, and it's like it's not the worst thing in the world for you to be worried about Baby Yoda. Like, yeah. the the uncertainty of it is part of the fun, and that's well, what George Lucas kind of invented with the prequel series. Is like we're going to fill in these gaps, and the fun is not knowing how it all comes together. And we have twenty five years between the this episode. And uh, The Force Awakens. So a lot of things can happen in those 25 years, and I'm sure they will eventually get into what happens. And it will be surprising if they just kill Grogu unceremoniously (laughs) when Kylo attacks Luke's. Yeah, I mean, I just like, I don't think that's going to happen. It does does beg the question, where is Grogu during everything? (laughs) Where's Grogu during the, thre- the, the sequel? Yes. He's hanging hashtag out with Ahsoka. Grogu. Hashtag Grogu lives. Yeah. Hanging out with Ahsoka and Ezra, I guess. I hope so. I want that mini series. Maybe the, the the inevitable Thrawn TV series will bring Grogu back and he'll go let's, somewhere. Let's talk about this for a second because, oh my God, it immediately left my brain as I was saying, let's talk about this. <laughs> oh, I know what it was. It was that, you know... We were all thinking, like, oh, it's going to be, like, Ezra, right? Like, it's going to be some side character, which this season has liked to introduce. But, like, it's so much better to not have to have a scene where you're like, by the way, I am so-and-so. Yes. I was in hyperspace for a long time. <laughs> you just you show, you show the X-Wing, and you're like, okay, so now we know who's coming to get him. Yeah, and, I think, like, that mystery's gone. I think <laughs> all of us kind of wanted it to maybe not be Luke, but at the same yeah. time, we're all pretty happy that it was Luke. <laughs> I, I felt like yeah. it's not that I didn't want it to be Luke. I just felt like it was so obvious yeah, that they were going to yeah. try and outsmart themselves by having someone else come and get him. Now that it's happened, I'm kind of just like, yeah, that's what should have happened. It should have been Luke yeah. Skywalker coming to get Grogu because he is the Jedi at this point, you know? Yeah, it makes yeah, the most sense. And, like, it it makes a lot of sense from a, like, story standpoint that, um, you know, Ahsoka and Luke both have connections to Yoda. So these are characters who can see Grogu and be like, whoa, what in the world? <laughs> like, this, yeah. is, this is shaking up my reality. But also have, a like, a personal connection to the character in a way that some new Jedi creation or something wouldn't. But it's just, like, it's it's good to immediately be able to understand the stakes and immediately like raise questions about like the relationships between the characters and things like that. Yeah. I, um, I kind of wish, which I, I don't want to talk about this too much. Cause I think we're all kind of on the same board 
we've been discussing this a lot about the uh, the deep fake Luke. I part of me wanted a recast here because it felt like that point that you just made that like he's seen Yoda before, and when he sees a little Yoda, a baby Yoda, he should be like, "Holy crap!" I wanted more like warmth from Luke yeah. in his face. And when you do this fake face thing, you can't you can't act with your face. That's just like the the way that it is right now. It's just you can't have much face acting. Yes, Christina technique. was like, "Does is he even moving his mouth when he talks?" <laughs> not a lot. Not a lot it, of it, the, mouth movement. The mouth movement was not synced very well, and it's hard to read emotions on his face because he's a fake robot person. I see. I think that people forget how stilted and lifeless his face is in Return of the Jedi. It is. Like, watch Return of the Jedi. No, He's see, really stoic. Th- I do believe with you. I, I agree with you here. It, that is Return of the Jedi Luke. It's not yeah. Empire Luke that everyone loves. It is mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi Luke. It and is. He is. Who is very, definitely more stiff. Yeah. Yeah. He is very stiff. And that's what I was talking about. Kind of like the just emotionless, stoic. Like, it's. I was just hoping like five years would have. You know, well, chilled him out a little but bit. But no, 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 That's why he's he's on his path to, you know, yeah. making some mistakes because he's not letting that emotion in. He's being the Jedi. Makes sense. Um. Okay. Sorry, it was really weird. My <laughs> uncle just texted me like, I think they're going to intersect this with Jedi outcasts. <laughs> I was like, we're literally talking about this right now. <laughs> Trust me, we want that to happen. Or at least one third of us really wants that to happen so badly. Um, so these Luke complaints, we, okay. we were talking about it in Discord. Let's get into a little bit of Luke complaint because I think the whole thing, both sides, are a little ridiculous right now. I'll say this. I... I know this isn't specifically the thing that you wanted to talk about, but like, I thought he looked great. Like rewatching it, I was like, "This looks really good," and it's such a small scene. And I, I think I don't know. To me, exactly. it's pretty obvious that they wouldn't, if they're going to make him a regular on the next season of The Mandalorian, that they wouldn't do this every time. Like this is a scene where literally he stands in one spot, and most of the shots <laughs> yes. they crop out his head. Yes. So mm-hmm. I, because famously, Return of the Jedi, he just stands stoically like with his hands like that. So. <laughs> I think I think it looks good, but obviously it doesn't look perfect. And what happens yeah. is just through meme culture and the kind of like essentialism that happens on the internet is like, this doesn't look great, but I want to make a funny tweet. So this looks really bad. And then the joke is that this is the worst looking thing I've ever seen in my life. And then yeah. it's not that bad. It looks pretty good. It, no, looks, it uh, looks fine. Look, as the resident Luke Skywalker expert here, uh, the only thing slightly wrong with that was his face was a little bit too long. So like his, his cheeks looked a little bit puffier where regular Luke has a, a very angled face. It's like there's yeah. angles to it. Whereas this she was a has, longer. Has, Look, I've studied, studied it. Okay? This I face know what I'm looking at. For hours. Okay? <laughs> it wasn't Luke, but it was close enough for a three minute cameo that I had yeah. zero issues with it. Yeah, you know it's funny. I, do you think that's because they actually like superimposed Mark Hamill's face on another guy, or like because older Mark Hamill, like the shape of his face is like a little different now, 
or this like, to me let's get into looked, the face shape you know maybe, this one, maybe they did make like, it his shape face shape a little different just because you know to match they're trying the other to, guy's face they're, well that and maybe they're trying to match older luke too because you know yeah old luke doesn't have the same face structure anymore so i did just think about like the weird thing about de-aged leia in rogue one is that her face is way too short it looks like a tiny head yeah. And so maybe this time they're like, all right, well, we got to really stretch this out because the camera's going <laughs> to add five inches. It's going to subtract five inches. This, to me, looked different than young Leia and Tarkin in Rogue I One. I thought so, too. This looks different than any of, really the, any of the Marvel de-aging stuff. I think this was a straight-up deep fake. Like, I, think I don't think... That was my first thought. I mean, one, cheap. You can literally do a deep fake for free. Um there's like free software online so i I mean they probably have something that's a little better than that but like way cheaper than doing the rogue one thing and it just felt a little more smooth in the way that a deep fake ends up looking than like a fully cgi yeah well here's the thing i it took me a few minutes of like ask questioning zeke like wait is that is that a CGI? Is that CGI? Is that a, is yeah. that the? Did they recast Luke? Is that an entirely different? Act? I couldn't figure it out for a little bit. Yeah, that was my first experience because yeah. I was like, "Is because it is a little different." You're mm-hmm. like, "Okay, did they like put CGI makeup on Sebastian Stan or something?" Like, what am I looking at? But I, I agree, right? I, there's this channel that like the only thing it does is like puts deep fakes in movies. Like they did one that's actually really good, which is a like young Harrison Ford over Alden nice. Ehrenreich's yeah. face. I've seen, I've it's seen it's one, pretty yeah. good. Yeah. It's pretty good. I would say it's about the same level as Luke in this episode. But of course, all yeah. the comments are always, this is amazing. This should have been the movie. But now that yes. they actually did it, they're like, this sucks. This is this sucks. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. But again, that, that type of stuff doesn't bother me because like we said, it's a three minute cameo. He has like four lines where you can actually see his face. All the other lines are the back of his head. <laughs> Which was, I'm sure, to avoid having to sink too much. Um, yeah, that's totally fine. Uh, and if they ever bring Luke Skywalker full time into a TV show or something like that, they better not try this unless they improve the the quality by a whole lot. Because it, this would look bad if we had to watch, you know, ten hours of it instead of three minutes. I agree. I think. But for this. It was totally good, and I, I was, it was great to see Mark Hamill's face when the hood went up. Not to get all bent out of shape about things that uh, aren't necessarily happening, but it is one of those things where, like, John Favreau is so obsessed with technology right now and The Lion King and The Jungle Book where it's like, oh, no, is this – his current obsession yeah. is like, right. I can make <laughs> old actors look young. <laughs> well, I'm only going to start to worry about it when he casts himself as, like, a 20-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Hogan. Happy Hogan is in the next season. Um, yeah. The oh, other okay. The complaints. The, yeah, the complaints that we're here. We've mostly talked about the actual look, which is yes, which is whatever. I think we're all on board with for this episode. It was good. Uh, here's the thing. I've seen one side on Twitter. I've I've briefly perused Twitter for as long as I could take it, which was about five minutes. And one side is upset because this is what the trilogy should have been. This is what the sequels should have been all along. My Dave father. Filoni and John Favreau, they know what they're doing. And everyone who likes those sequels are stupid. 
And then the other side goes, I can't believe they made Luke Skywalker like this because the other side who hated the sequels are going to love this. And I don't want them to yes. enjoy anything. <laughs> and I'm yes. kind of sitting here like, you know what? I just really like seeing Luke in this. And I like seeing him in The Last Jedi. And it's just, yeah, I, me too. I just like Star Wars. I know. It's so weird. Like, I feel like you're right. There's kind of a like preemptive, well, the people that I don't like are going to like this for reasons that I disagree with. Therefore, I'm not going to enjoy it at all. And that's what I see a lot of is like Last Jedi Stands, of which there are three on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, You know, one of the biggest complaints about that movie is people uh, who are, this is my subjective opinion, people who are very stupid thinking that Luke's arc is bad. Yeah. It's not because it's great. It's not bad because actually it's, it's very good. good. It's, it's probably the best perfect. part of the movie. And it is perfect. And... I think some people would read this as like, ah, yes, this is validation. They're fixing it. Just been swinging around a lightsaber (laughs) the whole time, and you know the other thing is like, this is just Disney pandering to fans because they like the Vader scene in Rogue One, and that's Star Wars is pandering to fans. (laughs) It's never happened before. The point of Star Wars is for people to enjoy watching it. (laughs) Like, what the heck? Yes, they are making things that we're supposed to enjoy watching. I know, like, and people are like, well, George Lucas tried to make people upset, like, with the prequels he challenged, and it's like, okay, yeah. Yeah. Did you like it? And that's why you're defending it now? Oh, okay, that's interesting. (laughs) Like, probably... Like I don't, I don't know. When Star Wars makes people mad, they're not like, well, it's because it broke conventions and did something interesting. They're like, it's because it's bad. And when yeah. Star Wars makes people happy, it's like, well, it's because it's too safe. That means it's bad. That's it's bad. It can basing, be two things. Basing <sighs> your enjoyment of something on how much someone else did or did not enjoy it is not a way to watch something like. You just get too obsessed. If you get too obsessed with how other people are going to react to it, like that's that's not a good way to create Star Wars. Like, no, I don't think that um, Lucasfilm should pander to people who loved, uh, you know, who love this version of Luke. I don't think they should pander to people who love the Last Jedi either, which is me, because <laughs> they they need to put creative people in charge of something who have a vision and have something they want to do which is what I think John Favreau and, and Dave Filoni are doing. It's also something I think Ryan Johnson was doing. Like they need to put someone in charge of a project who is making something that they believe in, you know, and then whether or not people like it, that's fine. Uh, but nothing should be pandering. And I don't think that much really has been pandering. It just feels like the age old, I'm going to hate this thing because I think it's going to make me sound cool. Yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. There's a little bit of that. Yeah, I I don't know. I, you can't uh like you can't really say that Dave Filoni is trying to flip a middle finger to Ryan Johnson when he was so instrumental in the story of the last Jedi and yeah, like right. Ryan Johnson and Ram Bergman, like taught him how to direct like on set. Like that's how he got his live action experience. Like yeah, no. he loves <laughs> that stuff. And I'm pretty sure that 
people just think is nice to see Luke sometimes. It's just nice to see our boy. The, the complaint that kind of, I think it's valid, but also, I think it's kind of where, where you're coming from, this, the whole series, Riley, is like, this just goes back to Star Wars about being, about, like, this goes back to Star Wars being about just one character. It's yeah. only allowed to be about Jedi and the Force, and it, it can't just be its own thing. Which I do think is valid, but I think at this point, 16 episodes in, it's been pretty clear That's, from episode yeah. two, Quill is like, I only thing that I know that has those powers is Jedi. You should probably try to yeah. get him to a Jedi. And that's what the whole show's been about. The moment you see a tiny Yoda, <laughs> this show shifted to something different than what we were expecting, you know? And that's that's yeah. just the, the fact of the matter. And this season has been so much more cohesive than the first season in regards to, like, what Mando is doing. Like, in season one, you have a couple episodes where he he's just getting him as a bounty, and then he changes his mind and he steals him for an episode. And then he's just like on the run for a while. And that's what that's what that is. Um, and then but like this season from from moment one, he's like, my goal is to find a Jedi. My goal is to find someone to give Grogu to. And that's all this season has been about. So like for it to end with him finding a Jedi and for you to go, well, this, you know, he's really taking the back seat here. It's just, well, I mean, that's. That's what this whole season has been building to. So it's not that surprising. I also think, though, like, the the season really could have, like, what I worried going into these last couple episodes was that the series was going to totally shift focus away from Mando. Like, when we have not only Boba, but Ahsoka, I'm like, oh, this feels like it's just going to be a show called The Mandalorian that is really not about him at all but yeah and like you kind of are suspecting early on in the season like oh, okay so the final confrontation is going to be with Bo-Katan and Moff Gideon mm-hmm. it's not even going to be like Din Djarin but no it is it was Din yeah and he has a cool fight and I mean here's the thing we might get into like predictions or something later but it sure they really set up season three to be about him and the Mandalorians. Like now that now that Grogu is probably gone for season three, um, mm-hmm. like it's it's opened up to being about Mandalorians in general. And I think season three is just going to be, hey, we need to go take our planet back. Yeah. And so there you go. There's the Mandalorian. The final yeah. episode. They're going to change the title to Mandalore because he becomes Mandalore. Or the there final episode. Grogu comes back and saves the day. I mean, yeah, that could totally happen. And he's a big beefy boy now. <laughs> he's, he's a big beefier. beefy boy. Come with me. What if he, come, what if he comes back and now? he's actually jacked? He's like jacked. <laughs> no oh, shirt. No. He's got like, Walks he's got a 12 shirtless. pack. I have to think, I mean, John Favreau's a pretty savvy guy. John Savreau. I gotta it's think that good. he is... John Savro enough to know that as soon as you make this character like a teenager or something <laughs> who can like talk and have long conversations, it's going to lose its appeal. Like I got to think there is a finite, you know, yeah. uh, vision for this show. There's I th- you either have to, you, we can't see teenage Grogu. Like no. <laughs> there either has to be a time skip. And the next time we see him, he's an adult or like we stick yeah. with him as a baby for a few more years. But I like, don't, yeah, I don't want teenage Grogu. 
you can't pull a teenage Groot with no him. one likes it's just teenage not Groot. Work. Teenage Groot is <laughs> is not fun. <laughs> he's not fun. He's only he's, he's playing his Game Boy all the time. Yeah. He's the worst version of Groot. Yes. He's still good because he's Groot, but he yeah. is the worst version of Groot. That's true. I mean, there sure. has to be a worst Groot. It has to be. Groot. <laughs> um, I I think there's a man. I just love this episode so much. I'm probably going to watch it again once we're done here just because like, I love watching it. I just, I don't understand, to backtrack a little bit, I just really don't understand the argument that people didn't, you didn't like this Luke. Like, this Luke is, he he's the Luke that you should expect him to be at this point in time. You, yeah, you he's know, not we, that far removed. It's the, it's five years after Return of the Jedi, you know, he's probably went off, he's, he's been learning about the Jedi, he's been training, he's been, he's a fully-fledged Jedi now, and we get to see him in action as that. And then, and I think this shows a, this is a good, you know, a good lead-in into, uh, you know, the story we get with The Last Jedi, because, you know, he's, like the Jedi, he's becoming a little bit more detached or emotionless or, you know, a little bit more strict or single focused. Like it's it's a good lead into that to show you that, hey, once again, the Jedi aren't super great. And as a reminder, here's the last Jedi to see what happened because Luke got himself to this point. Yeah. So how do you, how do you not like this Luke? This this is a part of Luke's story. Yeah, one of the like really essential parts about Luke's arc and one of the problems that like all the screenwriters for well, you know, Michael Arndt and Lawrence Kasdan and then Ryan Johnson had to figure out was like the issue is Luke throws his lightsaber away at the end of Return of the Jedi. Yet everybody wants to see him as an epic Jedi. Like what is this? What does this mean? And I think that the EU speaks for itself in that Luke's a really inconsistent character and he's kind of a boring Superman person. Like, by necessity, for Last Jedi, like, there has to be this period of time where Luke goes full Jedi in the sense that we've seen before in, like, the prequels and in Obi-Wan and all that, but realizes that there's this cycle that needs to be broken, realizes that the Jedi Order as it was was broken and that's why it fell... So you need to have this period where Luke is earnestly just being an old school Jedi because he needs to realize that it doesn't work. Yeah. So if yeah. you don't like it, you're not thinking with your brain. It's not possible to just have a different opinion than me. <laughs> <laughs> Our opinions are right. And that's all there is to it. Yes. This is the canonical Star Wars podcast. Yes. I think we should say that up front every time. <laughs> this is canon. We need to add that um, to the intro. <laughs> Welcome to the one and only internationally canonical beloved Star Wars canonical international. Podcast. Wait, no, long form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga, tailored to the modern modern fanatic canonical, comma good, comma only good podcast. Okay, I would just want to talk about this episode. I don't care about other people's complaints because other okay. people don't exist to me right now. Um, only the yeah. three of us. Oh, that's nice. I love. The little planning the heist, fun. I love. I always love a, a heist planning. I love the the four women just going in and just completely yes. wrecking a star destroyer of stormtroopers and officers. I love Din going to shut the uh, the dark troopers off. 
having to fight one of them. Like, when you have a fight like that where the clear goal, you have a clear goal all the, other than, like, I need to beat this person up. I love stakes in a fight like that. It makes it more interesting. So while big he's trying steaks. to, like, huh? I love big, big, juicy stakes. So I love that he's trying to release the airlock to get all of them shot out into space, which isn't a well-thought-out plan because they know that they can fly. <laughs> But, That's you know, a great point, and yeah, hey, good point, because that was going to be one of my things. I was like, they probably shouldn't put the airlock right there. hey, what, but, else yeah. is he, what else is he going to do? As has been established, no, they do uh, fly now. It worked. It got him to the bridge. So, like, seeing him struggle against one of the Dark Troopers is great foreshadowing for later on about how good Luke is. Um, and then his fight against Gideon is a lot of fun, too. The whole time, of course, you're it's screaming so good. at Mando. You're like, don't trust him, don't trust him, don't trust him. He turns his back for one second, and Gideon yeah. tries to stab him. But he just it's loves that baby boy so fight. much. He just wants to. He just wants yeah. to hug him. Yep. He slides the sword against the wall, and it catches on fire. Ugh, it's so good. So like, it's really good. All, all the build up to the end of this episode is just a lot of fun moments. Um, and then and then we get to they're all trapped on the bridge, and the ending of this episode, the final ten minutes of this episode is like my favorite 10 minutes of any Mandalorian episode. Um, it's just, I mean, it's so good from the moment you see the X wing fly in. It's just, I got like chills. I actually like started tearing up as soon as I saw the X wing. Cause I'm like, <laughs> at that point you still don't know who's going to show up. You know, someone's oh, going to show know. up, but you don't, you, you don't know. Well, when you see the X wing, you do, oh, but okay, like, yeah. You know someone's going to show up at the end and rescue them because there's no way they can kill all these dark troopers. But you just don't know who it's going to be until you see the X-Wing. And then it's just like chills because I love Star Wars. And this show is just pure Star Wars. It's good. It's good. So one thing that's really good, right, is that they're even when Luke shows up, and I really like how they hold off on your, like, it's not gonna be Luke. Like you see the X Wing, and you're like, maybe it's Dave Filoni's character who keeps showing up for no reason. <laughs> and then like you see the hooded figure, and it's like, okay, but all Jedi wear hoods. <laughs> then you see the green lightsaber, and you're like, okay, okay, okay. all right, that's it's a Luke. Luke. <laughs> but it is not. It's not the same as the Vader hallway sequence for a couple of reasons. One, uh, Luke has an altruistic goal in saving uh, people. Yeah, the and context two, matters. he's murdering droids. Yes. He's murdering droids. Yes. Which aren't alive, according to Star Wars canon. <laughs> and they're... <laughs> Christina says droids are people, too. And, you know... I agree with me Christina. Me and Jasmine agree that Riley's been on record a lot about <laughs> just thinking that they're not. They're tin cans. You're right. That's that's my character on the show. Because <laughs> I think droids aren't people. <laughs> but I no, lied. I, it, it's not true. <laughs> but, it, but it is different. You know? Like, because... These these droids don't feel the same as C-3PO. Um, there are different levels of sentient machines in the Star Wars galaxy. They were only designed to seemingly kill, punch. and then if they are blocked by anything, to punch the thing that they're blocked by a lot. <laughs> that's, all, that's all they can do is punch. Kill, punch. I, what, I, what I like about this show, and it's one of those things that the show using, it's very slightly less than a film budget. Uh, mm -hmm. budget to an advantage is like the robots really feel like robots because for the most part they really are like they really built a rig for ig11 and like 
these things feel it feels like at times we're seeing dorky props that they built that are just like rock'em sock'em roboting the door the way they animate the robots uh, is a big part of that because they look like stop motion a lot of times the way these guys move they don't move fluidly like there's a person in a suit they move like they are robots which by the the way ig11 one of the Lucas uh, Lucasfilm special effects guys tweeted uh, like yesterday or something, like thank you to John Favreau for listening to me when I said that stop motion would work for the Adat cranes. Mm. So like in the last episode where we see those, those cranes in the motion. junkyard, they are stop motion. So That's there's cool. a non-zero cool. chance that these are actually stop motion dark troopers, which is great. It's it, it works so well because it makes them look robotic. It makes them look inorganic which is what they are and and it it just adds as and more terrifying it, yes it makes them look alien and terrifying yeah. and scary and it's it's great oh and the other thing that's good about this luke moment is that there are, we talked about it earlier but there's still stakes inside the room where everybody else is like he's doing right. his thing but because they get distracted moff gideon is able to break away and he has a gun he mm-hmm. does shoot Bo-Katan, and you are not the only one, Riley, that thought she is dead. Because really there's only two like very quick dead. shots after that <laughs> yeah. of her being alive. But he's about to shoot Baby Yoda. He's about to shoot Baby Yoda, and Grogu. one final time, Mando dives in front of him. Even though he's not really risking his life, but... He says, Mando, more like, man, no. Yeah. That's what he said. Uh, That's in the, it's in the show. He, it's in the show. You can't argue with that. And and then th- this hallway scene, because we've been kind of talking about that, where Jasmine kind of had a little bit of a darker take on it in, in relation to what, what Luke is acting like than I had. And I think both points are, like, totally valid. I think it's up to your interpretation of where Luke is at at this point. To me, it felt like... Um, it's it's an intentional callback. That's another thing I've seen a lot of is just like, this is just the hallway scene all over again. I'm like, duh. Yes, that was intended. If you think they just accidentally made the hallway scene again, then you're you're missing the point. But like, this is Darth Vader's son who is, he's going to act like Darth Vader. You know, that's just what happens in the same way that Kylo Ren tries spinning because it's a neat trick. Like, <laughs> you, inherit, you inherit things from your family. That's just a fact of life. Um, you know, everybody has spinny DNA. Yes. But yeah. for Kylo Ren, the spinning is in his DNA. Hey, that's a good point. No one's ever really said that before. <laughs> I think that's true. I think that is the thing that no one's ever said before. <laughs> it's really possible. I like to be like Natalie Portman in that movie what is that stupid zach braff movie that she's in oh garden state garden state she likes to do something every day that no one's ever done before wow that movie sounds so bad i've never seen it um <laughs> it's not good but what's but what go ahead the, the context of this hallway scene is just you know at the end of Vader, like vader is going through the hallway killing people to destroy hope and Luke is going through the hallway, destroying what I would consider non-sentient beings uh, to to rescue someone for hope. You know, he is there to mm-hmm. restart the Jedi Order with yet another Padawan or whatever he's doing. Like, there, it's 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 a I think it's a fun callback to like this is Vader's son. He's got Vader in him, but his intentions 
are different. See, yeah, no, I think I think your your look on it works with the overview of the entire show, and my view of it is more just like a look at Luke as a character as where he should be right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And he is yeah. he is a little more brutal than he he could be. Yeah. Like if that was a person <laughs> that he crushed, you know, then that would be. <laughs> That, that was, was a little something. excessive, but you know, I it is a little excessive. To the I kind of digged it, and and maybe that shows a little bit of the classic Jedi arrogance coming in again. Like mm. he's beat them all; he's down to his last villain. In any video game, what do you guys do when you've got the last villain there? Sometimes you like toy finish with them, him. You know? Well, That's just I don't. What you do. Riley, I don't play Star Wars video games that involve <laughs> lightsabers because obviously it's wrong for a yes. Jedi to use a lightsaber. And that's the point that of the true. end of Return of the Jedi. So if you ever enjoy, even previous <laughs> to that moment, a Jedi using a lightsaber, you're kind of being hypocritical. You are a bad person if you enjoy bad person. lightsabers. I don't like to get mad on this show, and I don't like to say things that might need to get cut out or whatever, but I think these people, these takes, they can take a hike. Oh, that is bold. <laughs> take a little I might have to bleep all that. <laughs> sorry. You know what? Sorry, not sorry. That was that was Jake. Off a short pier. <laughs> Oops, what did I just say that on the show? Uh so then he gets to the door and Baby Yoda looks up at Mando and he communicates a million things in oh, one yeah. glance because they have this deep connection and Mando's like, open the door. This is what like this is what we've been waiting for. And everyone is like, Are you sure? We just saw what he did. And Mando's like, yeah. Yes. Open the door, and they open the door, and Luke Skywalker is there, and he's just cool. <laughs> I wanted to say, from a character perspective, one thing I picked up this time is that, like, you know, Grogu like touches the screen, and kind of makes Din look at the screen, and they're both looking at it together. And it's important to know, for from Din's point of view, that this guy can actually protect. Yeah, he views yeah, his really. child like he needs to see that he's a warrior as well. He That's can protect point. him even better than Din can because yeah. Din struggled with one of those, and this guy did not yes. struggle even a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's so, a like, point yes, they underline. Yeah, he is going to be safe. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a really good point, Jake. I hadn't noticed that. But yeah, that's me a neither. Great point. I, I think this can bring us into what for me has to be our final segment because I feel like actual trash yeah i don't want to have too but riley you said something earlier i said i have to think about that you said that there's some music in this episode and i said i I I don't know i don't know if it's true i don't (laughs) take a hike (laughs) and then i uh listened back on the riz music and it is the best music that ludwig gordson has ever done it's yes some of the best star wars music ever period I was I was prepared to state my case when I made this statement that this episode was his masterpiece out of the whole show. Uh and really it's like it's like the last 10 minutes that are uh the 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 masterpiece part of it. Um I'm there, excited there, for you to hear the Tenet score. Yeah, I'm very excited. Cuz if you like this, I think you're really going to like it. I'm hoping to watch Tenet tonight. I'm either going to watch it tonight or tomorrow, so I'm ex- I'm nice. excited for that. Um So this ending music 
has like four like everything else in the the show has been building up to this moment between Mando um Grogu and Luke uh it, the music has done the same thing I sat down with with uh, my guitar earlier today because I'm just like I haven't really ever like deep dived into mm. all of the music it's all great there's a lot of different styles that that Gorenson uses but so okay we all know the main Mandalorian theme and it's great and there's like the B part of it after the main theme comes on and I was listening to it today and playing, trying to like figure it out on guitar. I'm like, that sounds really familiar. So like, here's the. I'm sorry for you guys. This isn't going to sound great, but it'll sound. No, I'm excited to know. Else. See if I know what you're talking about. <clears throat> so here is like just a quick example of, of that part. It's always dancing and singing to that part. It's great. yeah. So here's um, the theme that. We haven't really talked about much, but every time Grogu uses the Force, this little theme comes up. I love these little strings. They're beautiful. It's so it's so light, and it just makes you think of a little baby, and it's perfect. I already know where you're going with it's this, so and good. it's such a good observation. And if you... This is in a different key than the Mandalorian theme, but if you go down one step... It sounds like this. And if you play the Mandalorian theme and you play Grogu's theme at the same time, it sounds like this. <laughs> oh my god! The whole time, Grogu and, and, and Din's themes have been conjoined they've been together this whole time and oh, what Gorenson does i got what does, i know and what Gorenson <sighs> does in this final episode is he writes this theme uh it's called open the door in the in the official soundtrack mm. which is a great name and in this piece that he writes he can work all four things that are coming together during this final scene because you've got luke skywalker we all know his theme You've got Mando, and you've got Grogu, and you've got all of these um, dark troopers who have their own theme that sounds like this, and it mm. totally rules, and it's so inorganic compared to everything else in this episode, because this, this episode, he goes more into the classic Star Wars sound than he has in the yeah. whole show, and so, like, but like every time the dark troopers show up, this happens. And it rules. It like goes full dubstep here. I mean, it's just a great, terrifying theme for the Dark Troopers. And they like mix it in time with them kind of like coming to yes, life like, on the beat. Stomping really and turning and stuff. So that's great. And if you take this little guitar riff that he does at the end, and you can layer all four of those things over it. And it's just everything that the Mandalorian has been building to here in this last five minutes. Rogo's theme fits over it perfectly. 
Nintendo's theme, and it's the same thing. And every time you cut to Luke fighting Dark Troopers, you get a little... He doesn't give the full statement of Luke's yeah. theme until the end, but his theme works, as well as the Dark Troopers that he builds over on top of it. And it all finally builds to this, like, moment where Luke finally opens the door and the guitar kicks back in and you get the full statement of, of the Force theme here. So well for this show to feel like Star Wars. And then things change because Grogu and Mando, Din, are split up. And if they ever reconnect, it's going to be in a different way because Grogu's going to grow and change. Mando might be the leader of the Mandalorians. Who knows (laughs) what's going to happen the next time they meet. So things change and we're introduced to, I think, Grogu's new theme. And next time we see him... This is what we're going to hear. We get all this build-up while uh, Mando takes his helmet off, which we didn't really mention, but it's a, it's a beautiful moment. The music is swelling. And there's a little dissonance here as he's walking away because he's scared, you know, to be leaving his dad. But then it kicks into this new thing which is unrelated to all the themes we've heard so far. It's a a new theme for Grogu. And it represents a a, a new direction that this show is going in because things are different now. But he'll always have that connection to the Mandalorian with that theme. This episode is a masterpiece musically. It builds on all of the themes that have been that have been in the show since the the very first moment we hear the Mandalorian theme and Grogu's theme, uh, and it all comes together here because that's what the whole show has been building to. It it builds on the story through music, which is what Star Wars has always been great about. That little bit where like it really swells with like bam 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 bam, and it's yes. like you're just used to hearing it like as like a like a woodwind instrument. Oh mm-hmm. man, it's so good. Yep. It's so good. They really like built up Grogu's theme a lot this season, which I feel like yes. in the first season it was just that little force theme that mm-hmm. you uh just the little high strings. Yeah. But yeah. in this scene, like you hear it a lot during the, I think it's called the Passenger when they're with the frog lady. Mm-hmm. It's all over that episode and then it's all over the rest of the season and it oh, really pays off cuz it's good. That's yes, my contribution so to the soundtrack. Yes, me too. <laughs> He's uh great composer and yeah i can't i can't believe it all just came together in this final episode so oh good. stan a legend you stan a legend <laughs> ludwig Göransson. i just checked actually and it says we have no choice but to stan oh okay oh, well okay. then that's weird if we don't have a choice what can we do our hands are tied we do. Yeah. are we uh are we done i think we did it we're done 
finished season um, two. I'm ready we to We finished die. season two. Jake is ready to die. Unrelated, but it was also that good of an ending. Yeah. <laughs> someday, someday <laughs> I think we need to just revisit Star Wars music in general. Because I'd love to talk I about, agree. I'd love Probably. to find some favorite music by him outside of this episode. I had a lot to say about this episode, but the whole series has just been incredible mm-hmm. musically. I was going to say, I um, one thing I wanted to add was, this is not a movie, but these finales of this show feel like movie events in their own way. And the last, oh boy four Star Wars movies or something have ended with the Force theme of, like, the saga movies, like mm-hmm. Revenge of the Sith and then all three of the sequel movies and with the Force theme. And it's kind of rare. It's only, like, Empire and Return of the Jedi that end with their own thing, particularly Empire that has that really iconic theme that's just unique to that finale. And this feels like that, where just, like, all the themes in the show so far just come together Mm-hmm. It's great. It's great. So good. Uh, I wouldn't be upset if, uh, like, this episode proves that he could do a traditional Star Wars soundtrack. Like, I love the Mandalorian soundtrack and how different it is. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things I really appreciate about it is that it's so different. But I think this episode proved that, like, yeah, if you just hand him an orchestra, he could <laughs> he could do a Star yeah, Wars so. movie. <laughs> I mean, I think. What's amazing is just how effortlessly he weaves that stuff in with yes. things like the Dark Trooper theme, which just don't sound like anything in Star Wars. Right. Like, right? I think it stood out a lot in the Prisoner in the first season. You know, mm-hmm. where like that real dubstepy vibe. Yep. But just the way it's able, like, you'll just realize, like, oh wait, this is just Star Wars music that I've like heard before. It's just, it's amazing. It shouldn't work, yeah. but he's shouldn't just work, a good boy. He does a good job. It does. Uh, okay, so that's The Mandalorian Season 2, a season we all really enjoyed, I think. Really good. Um, I don't know if there was a bad episode. I mean, there... There wasn't I mean, really, me. like... Yeah, I think there think was so. for Jasmine. There was? Gunslinger is, like, bad. Well, I don't from think From the first liked, season, right? You didn't like the yeah. Ahsoka episode, not because the episode itself was bad. I wouldn't but, say it was bad, though. Like, I wouldn't yeah. say it was bad. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, it's a... I'm... The thing I was most shocked about this season is how much more I enjoyed it than the first season when I enjoyed I the first season mm-hmm. a whole lot. Uh, I was not I'm expecting them to just, like, knock it out of the park even further, but they did. Uh, so I'm sure, like all things, we will be talking about The Mandalorian yeah. over the next year because we talk about all Star Wars, and this is a big part of it now. Um, but this will be the end of our mini series man manny manny series mandy series i would be totally fine <laughs> if like this was the end of the mandalorian like i know it's a I good be, ending it's a, i'd be fine with it too yeah i'd be fine um, with more but i'd be fine with just this this is a good little story it's in that last got. jedi space of like you could yeah. technically end the saga yeah. here like it this would be a perfect ending for their story um and season three is going to feel different no matter what it does mm-hmm. i'm guessing it's going to be focused on Mandalorians as a culture, which is also very cool, but I almost feel like they should rename the show after this season because it's it's going to feel like a different show without... It's called just the Mandalorian now. <laughs> yeah. Or just call it Mandalore, you know? Why not? Um, okay, but that's yeah. it, though. This has been delicately curated, long-form, discu- long-form canonical discussion of 
uh, The Mandalorian <laughs> brought to you over the last couple of months and no longer by the loquacious yet soothing fandom. Some, there's something in there about fans. Voices of your hosts, Riley. Oh, shoot. That's the wrong one. Hold on. Where is it? Riley is my name. And as far as other names, I literally have no idea where the other one is. We were doing so good. I mean, I can kill a second. I have no idea. Oh, wait. Here it is. Okay. Riley? Yeah. Why isn't it playing? Okay. Here we go. Riley, Jake. Cara Dune says bivouac, which is a word for to stay in a temporary camp without cover. Awesome. And Jasmine. All right. That was a fact. Goodbye. Okay, bye guys. Okay, bye. Record. And I have started recording. And then I need to ambush my friends by saying 46. I was on the wrong screen. Dang it. <laughs> I just like punched my microphone. <laughs> 60. Never heard of 60. It's <laughs> <laughs> open. Nobody would call me out on that. <laughs> Some 60. say zero. Have you heard, you've heard of zero to 60. I have. I have heard of that. That's what that means. And sometimes your husband he gives you chocolate. And he waves he it above that your chocolate head. chocolate on his nipples. And that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. <laughs> no, but uh, see, and see now Ziggy is setting these expectations that I should have given Christina chocolate. I think he farted when he walked in here too. <laughs> okay, well then he brought it back down a couple notches. Here's what I'm saying: is that hang on, I need to look at my notes. Look at my notes. Dank Ferrick, son of a mud scuffer. <laughs> yeah. Okay.